Good morning, church. Man, I'm so glad that you guys are here. Thank you for joining us this morning as we come together to celebrate our risen Savior together. And I know you're glad to see other people too, so take two seconds, look at the person next to you, poke them in the shoulder and say, I'm glad you're here. Go for it. Thank you for participating. Man, what an exciting time to be the family of God. But here we are at the end of another year looking forward to 2019, which is literally around the corner. Uh, if you're like us in our home, we've been saying, where in the world did the year go? We uh, had a lot of fun this year, but it has gone quickly. Uh, and we do look forward to what God has in store next year for us, don't you? I mean, who knows what the Holy Spirit is going to provide for us in the way of friendships, accomplishments, jobs, and the list goes on and on. We serve a gracious God, do we not? I mean, Jesus Christ makes all things new in our life, and maybe you've experienced that this year. It's only going to get better as we continue to follow Him and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. If you're a guest with us today, we want to say welcome and thank you for joining us, being a part of our time together. We're certainly glad that you're here. We hope that you've seen Jesus Christ in our midst. But also, if you're looking for a church home, man, we'd love for you to think about Cross Point being that place you could call home to help us tell and share the story of Jesus Christ using your gift set. There's a lot of ways to get plugged in around here into ministry to help tell that story. And we'd love for you and your family to consider uh, being a part of that process right here with us. This morning, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2, and I hope you've got your Bibles with you. You'll turn with me there. All of our texts that we're going to take a look at today uh, are on the screen, because we're going to be talking about making some New Year's resolutions, surprise, surprise, uh, but on the back of your bulletin is a good place for you to follow along as you make some specific goals for yourself uh, through the course of this message, uh, and we'll have an activity to do at the end of the message as well. So uh, please follow along uh, on those uh, sermon notes and make notes as you see fit, uh, but we'll start out in Luke uh, chapter 2. Most everybody makes New Year's resolutions, and my guess is this crowd is no different than anyone else, and like anything, this is a great opportunity to talk about the top 10 New Year's resolutions that folks make. Uh, and so that I don't miss anything, I'm going to go back to my notes and make sure and read these off. Uh, the first one, of course, would be to lose some weight. That's the number one. After all the holiday food and Christmas cookies we've all eaten, uh, maybe it's time to think about some of that. One is decreased debt. Uh, Luke alluded to our uh, Financial Peace University that will start Wednesday. And that's a great opportunity uh, as well to, to help you do that. A third one would be uh, become physically fit and eat more healthy. Uh, learn something new is something that some folks really put on their checklist, if you will. Maybe for you, it's going to be learning a, a new language like our sign language, getting involved in that ministry, or maybe even Spanish so that you can go on that mission trip with us to Honduras and interact with the local people. Uh, another uh, top 10 would be drink less, stop smoking, uh, reduce stress, Take a trip somewhere. We've all been probably traveling this holiday season, uh, but this is more in line with uh, a vacation, if you will, out with your family. Uh, volunteer to help others is on that top 10 list because we want to become people who are, who are selfless in nature. And it just seems like when we help other people, we do feel better about ourselves as well. And the final one to round it all out is uh, not going to sleep during the sermon is one of the top 10. <laughs> that would be helpful. You know, all of us make those, those uh, New Year's resolutions, 
But all the data shows that by the time February rolls around, about 80% of us have dropped the ball. We're not doing what we said we would do along the way. We've, uh, we've not fulfilled those commitments. And it's a reminder that when we make some commitments, when we make those resolutions, that it's a call to be fully committed, to be intentional about the way we live life out, to not just say something and then, hey, if it happens, it happens, but to say, hey, this is really important to me. And so we want to be intentional in that process and committed to the development of that process. The, the, uh, the writer of Proverbs said in chapter 29, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And church, we can be a blessed people if we'll let God lead our life. There's so much wisdom to be gained in God's word and just in a gathering of God's people like this. We can lean into life experience and being encouraged along the way even. And so it's a call that we'll listen to what God has for us and look forward to 2019. Uh, you're going to have some homework after today. My hope is that you will not just throw that to the side, but you'll really consider and think about some uh, serious goals that you might have for yourself in 2019. Because I want us to be a people of vision. I want us to be a people who set goals and work towards some of those goals, whether personally uh, as a group of people right here at Crosspoint as well. And what we've discovered along the way, too, you, you probably, like me, have some bad habits uh, in your life. I've got some bad habits I need to remove. And what we discover along the way is when we kind of have some positive goals going in our life, if we do those for about 28 days, it turns into a habit. And so the course is that we would stay committed to that, uh, our New Year's resolution, if you will, over the course of a month. And it will become part of your lifestyle, which will hopefully be a really good thing. And in the end, fear will give way to faith, that uh, doubt will give way uh, to confidence, and you'll be able to conquer the things that are in front of you that you want to achieve, all for the glory of God. Now, the things that we started with, those top 10 lists, those, those are really broad strokes. They're really purpose statements rather than a specific goal statement. I'll give you a, a, an example. So you might say, um, I want to get fit or I want to eat healthy, but we don't really quantify what that might look like for us. So if you want to get fit, maybe your specific goal would be, I'm going to work out three times a week. I don't know what that would look like for you. Or I'm going to buy a treadmill for my home. I don't, I don't know what that would look like. But we're calling ourselves to be really specific in our goal setting as we take a look and unpack this text at the very end of Luke today. Now, maybe your boss along the way has asked you uh, to set uh, some specific goals. And uh, so it's called a SMART goal, SMART being an acronym, specific, measurable, agreeable, realistic, and timely. And especially the realistic idea, sometimes I set goals for myself that are just not achievable. They're, I really would like to do it, but I'm, I just know at the end of the day I'm probably not going to get there. And so understanding all of these pieces of that SMART goal is really important for us as we set the goals that we're going to take a look at today from the end of Luke chapter 2. Now, last week, if you were here, you remember we looked at the very front end of Luke chapter 2 where the birth of Christ occurred. And we talked about um, all that means for us throughout the gospel accounts. Uh, and then as you read, keep reading through chapter 2, we begin to see that Jesus is growing up. And we discover that his family, Joseph, Mary, and the family, they go to Jerusalem every year for Passover. And they're in Jerusalem for the celebration. 
Uh, And we find out when Jesus is about 12, he decides to stay behind in Jerusalem. He doesn't leave with the family. They don't know this. They're all on the road leaving Jerusalem, headed back home uh, to Nazareth. Uh, But Jesus stays behind at the temple. He's there for about three days, interacting with the religious leaders of his day. Uh, And they're having this dialogue back and forth. He's an incredibly brilliant person, of course, as you might think. And so they're intrigued with this 12-year-old that knows so much about Scripture. Uh, And it's sometime into that journey before Mary and Joseph realize that Jesus isn't with them. They're assuming he's with other people, family, friends that are in this crowd headed back home. They discover he's not there, so they go back to Jerusalem, and they find him at the temple. Uh, And Mary kind of dresses him down like any good mom would. You know, what were you thinking? Uh, And Jesus says, hey, don't you know that I'm supposed to be in my father's house? This is where you would find me. This is where uh, naturally I should be. Well, then after that, they, they head home. Uh, and then the last two verses we have about the last eight or the next 18 years of Jesus' life. Because we don't hear from Jesus again until he's about 30 years old. So let's read those two verses together as we launch into this idea about setting some, some principles for ourselves in the future. Verse 51. When Jesus returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, and his mother stored all these things in her heart, And Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. And right away we see uh, some things that are important for us about four different aspects of the life of Jesus. We're called to imitate him. Uh, And so as we look at the life of Jesus, we discover some things that would be beneficial for us as we move forward into the next year. Some things and goals that we want to set maybe for ourselves. And so as we take a look at the example of Jesus, we see the bridge between probably the person that we have been and the person that we want to be. And in that course of things, as we ask God for wisdom in the process, he's going to journey with us. He's going to walk with us to help us become even more of who we're designed to be. So the very first thing I want to encourage you to prayerfully think about is to prayerfully develop an intellectual goal for yourself. So we look at verse 52. That's the very first thing that's mentioned in the life of Jesus. Now, there is a tendency for us to lean into, to rely on who we've been in the past. So my past experience helps form me as I move forward. And while that is absolutely true, we can't leave our car parked there, so to speak. Some of us rely on our college education and saying, I've done enough learning. That's all the learning I want to do, and that's good enough for me. Some of us, for instance, may have raised a couple of kids, and we've got young kids, and we think we've got it all figured out, rather than maybe thinking about talking to folks who are maybe 10 years down the road in front of us and asking them how they did it, how they worked through this issue with their their own kids. Because there are definitely two different people that you have experienced in your own life. One would be that know-it-all, and it's difficult to tell that person anything new, to help them learn something new. The other extreme is the person who is a lifelong learner, the sponge, if you will. Uh, and it's, it's uh, that person who just loves to be around other people, to learn new things, that does reading and research, and just soaks everything in to help in their movement forward in their own life, their own journey. One thing that the half-brother of Jesus tells each and every one of us as we journey is something incredibly important uh, for our life. And James says in James chapter 1, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. And we're reminded in that one text 
that God generously wants to give us wisdom. He wants to share with us the way that we're called to live and the best possible life that you could have. God wants to give that to you. And James reminds us, you simply have to ask God and he's going to reveal that to you in the process. The writer of Proverbs in chapter 16 goes on to say, how much better to get wisdom than gold and good judgment than silver. The writer is reminding each and every one of us that really great sound biblical wisdom is the way to live life out. It's much better than anything that we could acquire or buy or, or have in a title or a salary. So much uh, is important as we work through what wisdom truly means. And wisdom is much more than just information, isn't it? I mean, we can have all the information in the world tucked away in our head, but if we don't use it wisely, it doesn't mean a whole lot. It's not transformative. And what we know is Jesus calls us, if we listen to him and follow him, he changes head and heart. He changes how we interact with the world around us. We become different and better people. But we also know this, when we choose to follow Jesus Christ, when we make some goals in our life, that we are going to have to give up something. It will cost us something. It may cost you money along the way. It may cost you time. But it will cost you something in order to do the things that God's called us to do, to live in such a way that we can be everything that we've been created to be. Luke records the words of Jesus as he calls uh, those, those folks who are following him in the moment, but also as he talks to us today through the word of God. Luke reminds us in chapter 14 what Jesus said the cost of being a disciple of Jesus is really all about. And it says, beginning in verse 28, But don't begin until you count the cost. For who could, would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. Jesus is reminding us there is going to be a cost to following him. If you want the very best life that God's created for you, then we're going to have to dig into the word. We're going to have to discover what he's calling us to live out, and it's going to cost us something. So in this particular arena, you have to ask yourself this question this morning. What would be a good productive goal for me to set in the intellectual realm? What's the type of goal I need to set for myself? And for each and every one of us, it's going to be something very different. Maybe if you're in high school, it's just the idea of being on the principal's honor roll. I'm, I'm going to make sure I do that next semester because my mom will not be happy if I don't, number one. Maybe if you're in college, it's just being on the dean's list. I'm going to have to study hard. I'm going to have to do some things along the way to achieve that kind of goal. Maybe for you, it's just learning a foreign language. I mentioned a while ago our uh, ministry for those that are deaf. Maybe for you, it's sign language, learning sign language. Maybe it's learning some Spanish so that when you do take that trip to Honduras, uh, you can interact with that local population. Maybe you're not a, a big reader. So maybe for you this coming year, it's I'm going to read a book a month. That's going to be one of my goals. Maybe if you're an avid reader, you're going to move that to, to three books a month. I've got some friends that are really avid readers, and that's easy for them to do. And maybe you've never done this before, but maybe in 2019 you're thinking, you know, I've never read through the entire Bible. And so it's going to be my goal to read cover to cover Genesis to Revelation. I'm going to read the entire Bible and even, yes, Leviticus. I'm going to forge through Leviticus. I'm going to make it. We're not going to drop off right there. Maybe, maybe in your life it's, it's the idea that every Monday 
on my way to work while I'm in the car, that's going to be my morning, my day to pray to God for wisdom, just like James tells us to. You've got a list of things that you do in your life, whether that's you're a, you're a spouse, you're a parent, you're a, a worker. There are lots of things going on in your life, and you're asking God to bless you with wisdom. So maybe every Monday, that's going to be your time just to talk to God about the wisdom that you need in your life. Create that, that intellectual goal for yourself. But secondly, prayerfully develop a physical goal for yourself as well. In verse 52, it tells us that Jesus also grew in stature. Uh, his, his physicalness was a part of his life, just like yours is with you. But we tend to be a nation of extremes, don't we? We either work out and worship the body or we eat two boxes of donuts. We're, we're one or the other, don't we? And I think God wants some balance in there. And we have different points that we are physically. And so what, what might be true for you might not be for me. We start at different places. The whole point is that we start, is that we make an idea, a physical goal that you want to achieve in 2019. And our goals won't be the same, and that's going to be okay. But Paul, as he writes that church in Corinth, he's writing to us today and reminding us of what he said in chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians. He says, you don't belong to yourself, for God bought you with a price, so you must honor God with your body. That's one thing sometimes we have to be reminded of is when we decide to follow Jesus, when we decide to be disciples of the risen Savior, then we don't belong to ourselves anymore. We belong to Him. And so we lean into His story and His example to show us how we're called to live. Sometimes we're good at that. Uh, sometimes we're not. Uh, there's a real funny uh, comedian I like by the name of Sinbad. Maybe some of you have heard of him before. Uh, and there's a point in his life when he wanted to lose some weight. He knew he needed to get in better shape, and so he decided to try Nutrisystem. So he called up the store, and they talked him through it. He came into the store to get his first week of groceries and got to the counter, and the lady put a, a grocery sack, one grocery sack, up on the counter. And Sinbad said, well, what is this? And she said, well, this is your groceries for the week. He said, no, I'm going to eat this on the way home. She said, that's the beauty of Nutrisystem. See, she took out this bag of chips. She said, when you get hungry, you open the bag of chips, you take out one Nutri-Chip, and you eat that, and that'll tide you over to the meal. He said, lady, if I could open a bag of chips and take out one chip, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> Some of us need a little encouragement along the way. We need to be reminded of how we're called to live. And this physical challenge, the benefits of exercise, remind us uh, that, that there is a discipline, there's an art of learning discipline in this process. A discipline can be achieved, but it takes that first step. And I want to encourage you to think about it this way, too. If you take that first step this year, this coming year, 2019, to be more physically fit, think about what it's going to do for your relationship with your kids. It'll extend your life. All those memories that they get to have with you or your grandkids, and just the, the innate resolution that you've achieved something along the way, the fulfillment you get from that. And with that physical health also comes the impact that you get to have on other people. I've been around church a long time, and there are a lot of folks I've talked to who, who wanted to go on that mission trip. They wanted to help out with the teens at camp, but they physically just weren't able because they hadn't taken care of themselves. And so when we make a decision to move in that direction, then the impact we have on others tends to grow. There are a lot of moments that you can think about in your own life to make that personal goal. 
and I'll throw just a few out. This is not an all-inclusive list. There are lots out there that you could do. But a few might be, there's a lot of the, the, the Fitbit stuff that's out right now. And so maybe for you in 2019, it's just deciding, I'm going to walk 10,000 steps a day. Whatever that means, I'm going to make that happen. Maybe for you, it's, I'm going to challenge myself to work out three times a week, 40 minutes at a time. I'm just going to be, uh, get the heart rate up. I'm going to get the sweat rolling a little bit, and it's going to be a good benefit for me. Maybe it's just to lose 10 pounds by spring break. Maybe for you, it's, it's I'm not going to eat anything after 8 p.m. Uh, when it comes uh, time you know, to, to think about headed to bed. Maybe you're going to reduce your soda intake to just three times a week, just doing soda three times a week. Maybe you're going you're gonna to say something to the effect, I'm, I'm just going to eat dessert on days that ended in Y. We're going to move on to that. Whatever your goal might be, though, write it down because it means so much. Set that intellectual goal for yourself. Set that physical goal for yourself. And then prayerfully develop a spiritual goal for yourself. Verse 53 says that Jesus grew in favor with God. He interacted with God. Did you ever notice in Jesus' ministry, he continually withdraws himself, pulls himself away so that he can interact with God one-on-one? That he gets away from the crowd, he gets away from his disciples, his family, so that he can interact with God. Jesus was uh, one person that practiced the spiritual disciplines. And if it's something that Jesus needed to do, it's certainly something that we need to do as well, don't we, church? We need to get in touch with God. And some of those spiritual disciplines that Jesus used along the way uh, were a, a prayerful life. Being in the word of God. He was a man who fasted on occasion. He selflessly served other people. Gave up his own life in order to serve others. He interacted with people in their life journey along the way. Paul reminds that young Timothy preacher in 1 Timothy. He says, says, train yourself to be godly. Church, that's something that Paul tells us we can do. Train ourselves to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and the life to come. Paul reminds us that when we dig into a spiritual goal in our life, when we decide to take that step, it not only benefits us right now, but in the life to come as well. And then Paul leans into that church in Ephesus like he does for us today in chapter 4 of Ephesians. And he says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Paul reminds us that we're called to be in tune with God. We're called to to interact with Him on a level maybe that we haven't done before. And I'm reminded in all of this goal-setting church, it's an ongoing process. We don't make a goal one day and wake up the next morning and we've achieved it. It's ongoing. It's a commitment, a recommitment each and every day to how we've decided God's called us to live in this life. And so maybe, spiritually speaking, there's some habits that you need to change in your life. I know there's habits I need to change in my life as well. And maybe some of those habits are some friendships that you've got. You know that there's a certain person or a group of people that every time you're with them, you walk away a little more down, a little more dark, a little more depressed. And you realize they're just not on the same wavelength as you. And so maybe it's time to change some of those friendships. Maybe in your life it's time to, to get two or three people who will hold you accountable 
to the goals that you've created for yourself, to be the person God's really created you to be. Maybe in your life, spiritually speaking, it's time on the way to work. I'm going to listen just to Christian music. I'm going to listen to a Christian podcast, whatever it might be. I'm going to let the Spirit pour over me as I head to work. It's going to be that important or on my way home before I get home to see the family. Maybe in your own life, you've not fully trusted God for everything going on in your life. And so you've never really tithed before. And so maybe next year is the first year this week you and your spouse will sit down and talk about what does it mean to fully trust God? What would it mean for you and I to, to say we're going to begin tithing in January 2019? And for those of us that do tithe, maybe, maybe you've gotten a raise at work and you need to refigure, rethink about what you're actually giving back to the Lord. It's a trust thing. There's nothing really to do. God doesn't need your money. He wants your heart. And that's one way to kind of measure that. Maybe while you're achieving that, that physical goal that you set for yourself, the working out moment, you've got the, the earbuds in and you're letting someone tell you, read to you the Bible. And so just as you work out, you're letting the Bible, the, those words kind of wash over you. Maybe in your life you've never really shared your faith story and the gospel message. One of the best things I ever did was to sit down with a journal and literally write out how did I come to my faith in Jesus Christ. Most of us haven't done that before. It's a great gift that you can give to your kids, to your grandkids, uh, and to yourself as well, just to be able to retell that story in a very succinct way. But maybe 2019 is a year that you're, you're saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a mission trip. I'm going to go to camp with the teens, and I'm going to witness, and I'm going to tell my story and tell the story of Jesus in the places that I go. It's going to be that important to you. Maybe, maybe you're, you're sitting there thinking, how can I be more plugged in around Crosspoint? Wherever your church is, if you're a guest with us today. And maybe 2019 is a year that you're going to commit. Every time you're in town, I'm going to be with God's people. I'm not taking a Sunday off, but I'm going to recommit to being a part of the family of God. I'm going to be a part of that process. So make some goals for yourself intellectually, physically, spiritually. And then prayerfully develop a relational goal for yourself as well. It's so important that we do that. We are all about relationship right here at Crosspoint. In our mission statement, we talk about God and we talk about one another. That statement reads like this, that we are here helping people come into a relationship with God, connect with each other through the love of Jesus Christ, and become all that we can through the Holy Spirit's guidance. We want to interact with one another. And maybe you're feeling a little left out. You don't have deep abiding relationships here at Crosspoint. Church is more than just coming together for 75 minutes on a Sunday morning. It's about living life together. It's about journeying together no matter what's going on. And there are lots of opportunity for you in 2019 to say, you know what? I haven't done that. And I want to get involved in a connect group. I want to be a part of a small group. And so we have one of those that meet at 9 a.m. on Sunday morning. We have two uh, couple that meet uh, Sunday evening at 5 o'clock right here. On Wednesday night, we've got great programming for our teens and our kids. And we offer about three different adult connect groups that you can come be a part of on Wednesday night. And, of course, throughout the course of the week, we have many that meet in homes. So there are lots of opportunity to match your schedule to get plugged in and get to know people better here. Because we're on that journey together. And the New Testament calls us to support one another, to love on one another. All throughout the New Testament, Paul talks about the one another's that we should have with each other. We're called to love one another, to honor one another, 
to bear one another's burdens, to, to bear with one another, to forgive one another, to submit to one another, to comfort one another, encourage one another, pray for one another. Maybe this morning, too, you're thinking about your own schedule and these four different areas of your life. And maybe you're thinking, you know, Tim, you don't understand. Monday morning, I fly out and I get back on Friday. I mean, it is just hectic. I'm not sure that I can do four goals in 2019. And maybe that's your, where you find yourself. Let me encourage you to do two. If you could do two, do the spiritual and the relational. Figure out how those can work into your schedule of events. All four are important, I believe, but those two especially. And maybe you're even saying in your life, I'm not sure that I have room for two to do two. And if that's the case, lean into the spiritual. Make sure that you've got a spiritual goal as we head into 2019. It's so important that we connect with our God through Jesus Christ. Because this much I know about God is he keeps his resolutions. And his resolution is to love you no matter where you're at or what you're doing. He wants to journey with you. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to connect with you. And so we live a life of gratitude because of all that he's done for us in our life. As we think about the idea of creating some goals in our life, I want you to, to help me as kind of we finish up our time here this morning. As we sing this next song, when you came in the room, you probably noticed two tables on either side of the room. And there are some kind of small post-it notes over there. I want to encourage you as we sing this song to be brave. To say, you know what, I, I'm willing, I, I can't do all four, but I definitely am going to do the spiritual. So go to one of those tables and write on your one piece of paper, spiritual, and put it in the box that's over the table, like others did in first service. Maybe you're really ambitious and you want to try all four. Then write all four down on four different pieces of paper. Put them in the box. Maybe you want to get really specific. I'm going to read the Bible through in 2019. Write that on a piece of paper if you want to get specific and put it in the box. There's something about writing it down that makes it a little more concretized in our own life. And so as we think about how God has loved on you in 2018, know that it only gets better in 2019. His goal for you is the journey not only with him, but with each other. And he's got so much in store for you. Generally, God wants to be a part of everything going on in your life. He will make all things new. So as we sing this song, I hope you'll participate. Let's stand and praise his name together.